week? Seems like time is passing so fast, huh? Wow, I'm amazed. They say as you get older, the time goes faster. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it sure seems like it. That's why we want to use our time wisely here on earth. Hey, it's a struggle down here sometimes, huh? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's not easy. I don't, I don't doubt the fact that a lot of you guys are going through a lot of trials in your life. I just pray. that God will just, just encourage you. The Bible teaches that when one part of the body hurt, we all hurt. So when you come in with an issue or a problem or whatever it might be, uh, just sometimes you need people to stand with you that you can call or you can whatever, reach out to somebody. Don't feel like you're going to go through it all by yourself. So this morning we're in Luke chapter 11. Starting with verse 14, and we're going to be talking about a house divided cannot stand. Luke 11, verses 14 through 32. A house divided cannot stand. Nothing divided can stand. So who is the author of division? The enemy, Satan. Why? Because he knows there's power in unity. So what does he try to do? He tried to cause disunity. Right? Satan, you know, that Paul write to the Corinthians, he prayed that, he prayed that there will be no division among them. Some say I'm of Paul and some say I'm of Peter and Apollos. He said, is Christ divided? No. He said, who is Paul? Who is Peter? Nobody. We're just servants of Christ. That's all we are. Just servants. He said, aren't you carnal, acting like mere men? Aren't you carnal? Satan been playing this game a long time, ever since Genesis. Even with Adam and Eve, he said, did God truly say, don't eat other fruit? Did God really say that? He calls them to question, and they believed the enemy instead of believing God. And sin came into the world. In my own Christian life, it's easy to believe God as long as everything is going right. You know, the bills are paid, I've cars running good, and healthy and all of that. It's, it's very easy to trust God then, but when I have a trial, then it's like, okay, God, now I know what your word says now. I know what it says, but do you know this is really happening to me right now? <laughs> God says, I know, and I'm, he I'm here. I'm here. But I, no matter what it is, if it's divided, I don't care if it's a church I don't care if it's a business or an organization or a corporation. I don't care what it is. If it's divided, it's not going to stand. It's not going to prosper. They 
called uh, the United States now have earned a name. They called us uh, the divided states of America. Not the United States anymore. We're not united. The Democrats fighting against the Republicans and this group fighting against that group. And it's like the, the whole country in America has been split in half. Why can't we come together? And, and if we could, if we could come together, we are virtually unstoppable. And it's getting worse. More division. And Satan, who is the author of confusion and the author of division, is behind it all. Jesus said, anything that's divided will not stand. Luke 11, verse 14, and he was casting out a demon, and, and it was mute. So it was, when the demon had gone out, the man spoke, and the multitudes marveled. The multitude was right there looking at it when he cast this demon out. He says, great multitudes marveled. The demon in some way prohibited this man from speaking, but the mute man spoke, and it was proof, it was proof that the demon had been casted out. And the crowd sitting there watching it. They saw it happen. But verse 15 said, But some said he cast out a demon by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. This was a harsh accusation to say. That was harsh, man. That was cold. Imagine being so blind that you could not even distinguish a work between God and a work between Satan. These, these people were so blind. And they say he casted out the demon by Beelzebub, who was a Philistine god. Baal, 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It means the Lord of the flies. They had lowered Jesus down and said, you cast it out in the power of Satan. Listen, Jesus and Satan is not equal. Satan is not even close to be compared to Jesus. Some people think like Satan got as much power as Jesus has. Satan is only a created being. An, a, a cherub, you know, he's a created being. No. They said you cast it out in, in man in the power of Satan and not the power of God. That's what they said. The Jews often use the name Beelzebub to refer to Satan. They were saying that Jesus' power, Jesus was casting out the demon by the power of Satan and not the power of God. God and, and God and Satan is not even close to being equal. Now, in verse 16 is a sign of unbelief. Others tested him, sought him a sign from heaven. When he had just seen Jesus cast out the demon. They had just, they were there watching it. Now they say, give us a sign from heaven. They had just seen Jesus cast out the demon. Jesus knew no sign would, would overcome, no sign would overcome their unwillingness to believe. 
if unbelief is in the heart, he could have given a hundred signs and they still wouldn't have believed it. And he's going to say later on, I'm not giving you no more signs except the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, the Son of Man will be in the belly of the whale three days and three nights, referring to his resurrection. They wanted signs and signs. But Jesus goes right on. But he said he knew their thoughts. Oh, man, he can read my mind. Yeah, and he still loves you. Believe that? He knew their thoughts. An indication of Jesus' deity. He could read, as John 1 said, he know what's in man. He can read it. And he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And a house divided against a house falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Because you say, I cast out a demon by Beelzebub. He said, it would be ridiculous for Satan to drive out his own demon. He would be weakening his position. He would be working against his own self, against his own kingdom. Satan is not that stupid, believe it or not. He is really, he's really crafty. He's really clever. Satan is not going to lose ground by casting out a demon who belongs to Satan and work against himself. He's not going to do that. And if a demon, he said, if I cast out a demon by the other bud, by what, how do your sons cast him out? Well, the crowds knew that they had never seen anything like this before. You know, they said that back in those days, the Jews had their own exorcists back in those days, and they would cast out demons too in Jesus' name. If they use it, some of them were Christians. Christians cast out demons in Jesus' name. I, I suggest that if anybody's going to do some spiritual warfare, you better use Jesus' name. Even Michael E. Archangel didn't make any railing accusations against Satan, but Michael said, the Lord rebuke you. Amen? I hear Christians say all the time, I hear Christians say, man, I rebuke you, Satan. Satan don't care if you rebuke him at all. Like the demon told the guy in the book of Acts, I know Paul, I know Jesus, but who are you? And the demon jumps on the guy and beats him up. Don't be saying I cast out you. You better, if you're going to go into warfare, you better use a name that is above every name. And every name, every knee is going to bow and tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Even Satan is going to bow and he knows it. Why do you think he's rushing? Everything is speeding up. Can't you see how things are speeding up now? The crime is increasing. Everything's because Satan knows his time is running out. It's running out. So, he said, but I cast out a demon by the finger of God. That means the power of God. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. He's arrived. You're looking at him. Satan's not going to fight against himself and divide his own kingdom. He said, I've cast this demon out by the finger of God, by the power of God. I've had people over the years say they heard nightmares and they sleep. They heard voices and stuff. I've heard people say that. And 
I said, when that happens, I want you to start praying. And I want you to pray out loud. And I want you to use Jesus' name. You know, those people came back to me and said, you know, it don't happen no more, man. You're right. Because when you use Jesus' name, Satan don't like that. Satan knows that name is higher than anything that you can ever imagine. His name is above every name. I cast a demon out by the power of God. You know, when Pharaoh was under plague, you know, in Exodus, how the magicians did the same thing Moses did. You know, they, a lot of the signs that Moses did in those plagues, Pharaoh's magicians did some of the same things. But when they brought in the lice, Pharaoh's magicians said, we can't do this because this is the finger of God. That's what they said. What did we learn from that? It means that Satan's power is limited. Amen. He had to get permission to do that to Job. He had to get permission. He just can't do what he wants. He, he's got to get permission. Satan is very smart. And he knows scripture. And he knows anything divided is not going to work. And he knows that he, a lot of people believe his lies. Why can't we stand in unity in America anymore? Why can't we? Satan's been doing this a long time, and this is not his first rodeo. He's not going to work against himself and defeat himself because he's smarter than that. Why should Satan cast out a demon? Why should Satan cast out a demon? He's working against his own kingdom. He said, verse 21, when a strong man, the strong man here is Satan, fully armed, God is on place, his goods are in peace. You know, a strong man can protect his stuff with a, until a stronger man comes along. He says, but when a stronger man, verse 22, when a stronger man, that's Jesus, he comes upon him, overcomes him, and takes from him all his armor in which he trusted and divide his spoil. Satan, for he could not defeat Satan, Jesus could not defeat Satan unless Jesus was stronger. He said, when a stronger one comes, who is the stronger one? It's Christ. Satan is the stronger man, but the stronger one is Satan. And say, Jesus could not defeat Satan unless he was stronger. Jesus defeated Satan on the cross. Jesus invaded his territory because he's stronger. Colossians 2.15, having disarmed principalities and powers of what he did. And he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. He permitted limited authority to Satan. Satan is a defeated enemy, and he knows it. But he's strong, and he's stronger than us. And that's why we have to know how to fight. We're in a spiritual warfare. The spiritual realm is just as real 
as the physical realm, but you just can't see it with the naked eye. But it's real and you can feel it sometimes. You can feel it. You can feel the darkness. You can feel the oppression. It's real. Jesus said we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take on the whole arm of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And we're going to fight him to the end, boy. You ain't, you ain't never seen the way we're going to fight him. We're going to come at him in Jesus' name. And Jesus goes on to say now, I know a lot of people say, verse 23, who is not with, with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters, or he's working against me. Did you, did you get that? He, is not, he who is not with me is against me. So what he said, it's impossible to be neutral when it comes to Christ. There's no middle ground when it comes to Christ. There are two spiritual forces at work in the world. We must choose between one or the other. We're going to serve one or the other. There's a, the, the, there is God's kingdom and there is Satan's kingdom. And you are in one kingdom or the other. But you can't be in them both. Amen. Some people say, well, I'm not for God and I'm just not against him. I don't really care one way or another. I say, you have just made your decision. Because no decision is a decision. That's why the Bible said, choose you this day who you're going to serve. You got to make a choice. I can't choose it for you. Every individual got to choose that. You can't ride the fence with, the, with Christianity. You have to choose a side. And personally, I want to be on the one inside, don't you? I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very poor loser. I, I, I confess, I don't like to lose at nothing. When I was playing basketball and lost a game, I would be mad for days. <laughs> and my coach would say, that is not good sport, sportsmanship. The guys beat us fair and square because they were better. We lost. Hey, I am pouting. <laughs> There's no neutral ground, folks. I know a lot of people say you got to believe in something. I hear people say that. Well, as long as you believe in something, I say, wait a minute. Even the devils believe and they tremble, right? They say, you got to believe in something. No, you, you better choose the side you want to be on. Elijah said, how long will you falter between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, serve him. But you got to make a choice. And if you, choose to if you choose to make no choice, you have chosen against him. Either you are sheep or you are goat. Either you're going up or you're going down. You're in or you're out. You're going through the straight gate or the narrow gate. Either you're a wheat or you're a tear. You are a child of God or you are a child of the devil. And that's what Jesus said in John chapter 8. You are your father, the devil. And the works with him, you're going to do. You got to choose. 
Well, I made a choice. 1978, Costa Mesa, California. Never will forget it. Haven't been the same since. People ask me all the time, do you believe in miracles? I said, I sure do, because I are one. <laughs> That's the, how we talk in Tennessee, you know. Jesus said in verse 24, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He said, I will return to my house or the body from which I came. And when he had come, verse 25, he finds it swept and put in order. The body had been cleaned up and left. It was clean. It was cleaned up, but it was unoccupied. When a demon is cast out of a person, Verse 26, what is it? Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there, and the last state of the man will be worse than the first. The demon, the man had a demon, demon cast out, the demon decided to leave, go someplace else. It wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. Demon said, well, I'll just return and go back and he said that last state was worse than the first. There are different ranks of demons. He said he's going to go out and take a stronger one. He's going to come back. So if a person's life is, if a person's demon, if a demon is cast out of a person, and if that person is not filled with the spirit of God, that demon can come back in and rehabit that person again. Now, I know a Christian cannot be demon-possessed. I know that, and you know it, but some people teach that. When I was back in Tennessee, they used to have deliverance services, and they had people laying all across the floor, kicking and screaming and yelling, and I'm thinking, you know, my kids started crying. They said, Dad, let's get out of here. I said, let's go, man. They said deliverance service. They will say it was casting demons out of Christians. You can't be demon-possessed if you're a Christian when you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you. There's no way he can enter you. No way. He might try to scare you and think, no, you might be oppressed, but you can't be possessed. No, no way. They said, well, he got the demon of smoking. He got the demon of lust. And they would hit the person in the head. Boom, come out. I said, I'm getting out. <laughs> I was looking for the door. <laughs> People are dealing with things today. The youth, Lord have mercy, I feel bad for them. That we never had to deal with. They dealing with, you know, drugs and alcohol and all this stuff on the internet and just poisoning their minds. They're just being controlled by the enemy. When people are opening themselves up to demonic activity through palm reading, psychic hotlines, witchcraft, drugs. I was street witnessing in California. The guy, he was so high, he said he told me he saw God. Yeah, I'm thinking, well, which God was it? The God of the world or 
Oh, well, did you see the real? You see Satan, the God of this world, the God you probably saw. Believe it or not, there's a lot of demonic activity going on right now in this world. You can't see it with your physical eyes, but you can see the effects of it. Nothing can be this evil. Nothing can be this evil except it's, it's demonic, man. No, my brothers, my sisters, you cannot be demon possessed. You have the Holy Spirit inside. I don't think Satan is bad enough to kick the Holy Spirit out so he can come in. He ain't that tough. Now, he might try to scare you and say, but he's not. Don't believe his lies. That's why you have to know the scripture. Satan can make a lie seem like it's the truth. Jesus said he, was an, he comes as an angel of light. Jesus called him the father of lies. Lies. How does Satan deceive a country or a nation of the world? He does it through deception and he does it through lies. And people believe whatever they see, whatever they hear, TV, internet, newspapers, whatever, they say, oh boy, that must be true because it was on the news. Wait a minute, not necessarily so. The media says, the media says that we flash it enough times, we can make a person believe anything. And we you know why? Because they know it works. So I watch. I don't believe everything I watch. Demons would like to inhabit a body if possible. A human, a human being. Because they can get more control. A human being. You're looking at the person, but the, de the demon inside is controlling the person. Well, verse 27, it said now, and it happened as he spoke these things that a certain woman, and I believe the woman was Mary, his mother, from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, blessed is the womb who bore you and the breast which you nursed. But he said, more than that, blessed or happy are those who hear the word of God and keep it, who practice it. Who put it into practice? She said, Oh, blessed. He said, Hold it. No, I'm going to tell you something better than that. Blessed is he that hears the word of God and keep it, who obey it. It's not how much you know, it's how much you obey, right? It is not just to hear the word or to know the word, but he said to keep the word. The religious leaders knew the word. The Pharisees and the scribes knew the law, but Jesus called them hypocrites. You're full of dead men's bones. And they knew the scripture. And we'll get to that. James said, be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man 
He, he looked into a mirror, James says, and the mirror is the word of God. He observes himself, the word of God shows him himself, and he goes out and forget what the word said. Forget it. It is easy to practice tradition. Tradition. It is easy to track tradition, to practice tradition. And a lot of people have put their tradition over the word of God, above the word of God. Tradition can't save anyone, but a lot of people think their tradition is scriptural. Their tradition is not scriptural. It's somebody's opinion. Jesus said, it's a blessing to those who practice it in response to the word of God. Greg Laurie said, success or failure is in the Christian life depends on how you hear the word of God. That's what Greg Laurie said. Success or failure in the Christian's life depends on how you hear the word of God. So make sure you hear with your spiritual ears. Not these ears, your spiritual ears. Book of Revelation say, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Well, another few verses and we'll be done. Verse 29 through 32. And the crowd were thickly gathered together. Now, Jesus was never impressed with a crowd. Just because a person shows up and got a big crowd doesn't mean that they have sincere hearts. But he said in verse 29, the crowds were thickly gathered together and began to say, Jesus said, this is an evil generation. It seeks a sign and no sign shall be given except the sign of Jonah, the prophet. He said, I'm here. I'm casting out demons out of people. I heal a mute guy and you, you guys still want a sign? He said, for as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. Because he knew, the, he knew what was in the hearts. He was not impressed with big crowds. But his disciples were. They have a saying, they have a saying now. They said, if the bigger the church, the, 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 the more spiritual the church is. Some people think that. And there are a lot of good churches that are big churches. But just because it's a lot of crowd, because it's a big church, doesn't necessarily mean that they're teaching good doctrine. Amen. Some churches tickle people's ears, but we don't do that here, right? Anyway, verse 31 said, The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with the men of the generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And indeed, one is greater than Solomon is here. I'm here. I'm greater than Solomon. He said, I'm here. The Ninevites, the, the men of Nineveh rose up in judgment with this generation and condemned it. They repented at the, at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. Some Greater than Jonah is here. I'm standing right here in your midst, and you tell me you still want to see a sign? You're looking at him. Look at me. That's what he's saying. The, 
the leaders kept asking for a sign was they wanted proof that he was the Messiah. But he said, listen, the only sign I'm going to give you is for the prophet Jonah. That's it. Because he knew if he had given them more signs, they wouldn't have believed it anyway. He could have given them a thousand signs and they would have found some way to disbelieve. Jonah was a preacher that went to Nineveh. He didn't want to go. You know the story. It says, 40 days and God is going to wipe you all out. 40 days. Judgment. Hated, he hated them people, didn't want them people saved. But you know, he preached and they believed the message. And that was the greatest revival ever is when Jonah preached. And he didn't want to do it. I asked myself sometime, why did Jonah got a bad attitude? I asked myself, I said, you know what? Why didn't God choose somebody else? And then when the people get mad, Jonah starts pouting about it. But God chooses who he chooses, right? Mm-hmm. Queen of the the Queen of Sheba, she traveled all this. You heard about the wisdom of Solomon, and she traveled to hear Solomon. And Solomon answered all of her questions. Jesus knew if he had performed more signs, it would not have changed their hearts. More signs is meaning, meaningless if a person's heart is hard. These religious leaders, they were, they were convinced with their tradition. I've never seen a pastor that didn't want people saved, but Jonah was one of them. God had given Israel many chances to to repent and to believe, but they would not. They wanted evidence that he was the Messiah. The queen of the south and Jonah was Gentiles, and they believed over God's people. How much more should they have believed? They had more privileges. They had seen more miracles. And they still ask for a sign. It was unbelief. Christ's miracles should have been enough to prove that he was a Messiah. He says, no, I'm not giving you no more signs. That's it. You've seen enough. Prophet Jonah, that's it. Son of man in the belly of uh, in the ground, three days and three nights, that's all you're going to see. If you don't believe that, you're not going to believe anything. He's got to be alive. Let me look at all us sitting here. He, I mean, we all can't be wrong. He's, he's alive. Just as alive now as he ever was. And he's going to, in the last day, the Bible said he's going to pull out his spirit upon all flesh. I really think his power is going to be displayed even before the rapture of the church happens. I'm praying that it will be the greatest revival you've ever seen in your life. We'll be talking about next week about light and about darkness. About darkness. How it's getting darker. But the Christian life is supposed to shine brighter in a dark world.
That's why we're here. Somebody, when I'm driving to California, when I'm driving to Texas, I've, sometimes you go for miles and miles and miles, man, you don't see no light at all. And then you look up and you see a, just a glimpse of light. It just makes you feel good to think, man, well, there's somebody out here besides me, you know. You just look up and see a glimpse of light. You just get so encouraged. And then you really put the pedal to the metal, you know. Well, not really, but. <laughs> Hang in there, people. Hang in there. God's got you. God's got you in the palm of his hand. Do you really think God is going to let you go? I don't think so. We have a future with Jeremiah 29, 11, and a hope. And this is not your home. We are just passing through. Be encouraged. Are you spending the time with Christ? Are you praying to him with your problems? Are you taking your problems to him? Because all I'm going to do is point you to him. I don't have all your I wish I could snap, snap my fingers and make all your problems go away. If I could do it, boy, I sure would. But I can point you to, to the one who can. And he, he's going he's gonna to be right beside you, no matter where you go or what you do. It's good to know you're not alone in all this mess. It's crazy. It's crazy out here. But God says, hey, man, I told you that perilous times would come, and I told you there would be wars and rumors of wars. I told you to prepare us, and here we are, right in the midst. It's like nobody's got the answers. Nothing's working. I personally believe that when a country turns its back on God, and when somebody turns their back on God, God removes all the wisdom from that person's mind, and they start making one mistake after another. I've seen that happen when Christians backslide. I've seen it when they backslide, get away from Christ, and they start making one bad decision after another. And they, they say, man, how did you do that? You know better. But you get numb to the Holy Spirit. You don't hear the voice of God. So you start doing crazy stuff. I encourage you to pray for our nation. Pray for our nation. Pray for our president. You ain't got to agree with him, but the scriptures say we should pray for our leaders. Amen. We should pray for him that God would give him wisdom. And now they say another war could break out. I mean, when is it going to stop? It probably won't stop until Christ returns. But he needs a lot of prayer. I would not want to be in his position personally. But we do. We should, as Christians, as believers, we should pray for President Biden. We should pray for him, that God would give him wisdom and show him what he would have him to do. Because if this thing escalates like, it like they seem like it will, if this war, they say it's going to be one of the worst things you've ever seen. It's going to be like a World War III. It's not going to be pretty. So with that, let's close on a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word this morning. I just pray if there's anybody here, Lord, that is watching this by Facebook or YouTube that have not put their faith in Christ, 
I just pray, God, right now that you would speak to their hearts and they would invite Christ to come into their life right now. Is there anyone here today who have not put their faith in Christ? If you have not, if you just raise your hand, we'll pray with you. Anybody here before we close? I want to give everybody a chance to go to heaven. I don't want people to say, well, the pastor never gave an altar call. No, I'm asking you, tomorrow is not promised. You don't know if you're going to be living tomorrow or not. Jesus said, today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. The Bible says, if you hear his words, harden not your heart, for today is the day of salvation. So let's all stand.